Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Empire. Modern branding means leveraging social. They upload a video, they can either use our editing tools or music tools or not, if it's already edited on their end. And then with that, within a matter of a couple hours or a couple days, they're getting an ad read like a script brief from a brand that we've matched. That's Tiffany Kelly, founder and CEO of Cura Story, where she's leveraging her experience in working in media and with teams to help athletes become their own tentpole success story. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. By now, if you are a brand, and everyone may think they are, but on some level, everyone in sports has some form of bullhorn and platform to grow from, and thus, they are. And by now, you know leveraging social media to your advantage can be lucrative. But I think most still don't know where to start, or how really to be their most profitable versions of themselves. And that's where Cura Story comes in. Our guest this week is Tiffany Kelly. She's the founder and CEO of Cura Story, which is a app that is helping athletes embrace their roles as content creators and influencers by monetizing their video output. All right, let's get into modern branding. How are you, Tiffany? How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Thanks okay. for having me. So you have a pretty deep background in media. You're an entrepreneur. You're all over the place. So I'm, I'm interested to kind of, before we get into Cura Story, Give me your background and how you got to this point. Yeah, I'm in fact all over the place. Um, I started in sports, kind of like internship with the New Orleans Hornets at the time, which was, which is the Pelicans now, um, in their kind of front office data science statistics. Um, internship athletics at LSU, since that's where I'm from. Uh, that's kind of where I made my made my start, but um, my kind of full time big girl job was at ESPN. So media bug bit me and definitely took over. Um, and now I'm now I'm doing this. So media pro athletes, student athletes. Oh, and then I had a short stint at the Miami Heat as well as an internship with the front office as well. So um, a happy mix of media and kind of face-to-face working with athletes. I think in some of this with Cure Story, and I'll have you talk about the company itself, the basis of this was working with maybe specifically basketball players in the past, and you were kind of seeing a hole in the market for them to monetize their outreach on social media? Yeah, I first started thinking about Cure Story when the first NIL story broke, actually, um, which obviously was a huge change, a 109-year ruling changing and just kind of solidified creator economy um 
and content consumption being driven by individuals. And so, but the problems weren't new. Like these are just 450 new people, these student athletes that are going to have the same issues as YouTubers, um, which has been around for a minute. So it was, it was that story that first broke May of 2019. And I just kind of went into a hole in my apartment in New York to, I was like, okay, this problem isn't new. Like, why aren't any of the solutions working from just the pro athletes that I had talked to and YouTubers that had podcasts and, and, and video channels and kind of building a business around your content, which is media. So yeah, that's kind of where the origination of, Story kind of came from. Uh, can you explain more what the problem is? Can you, can you tell me a little yeah. bit about the, tell me what the problem is for YouTubers, athletes, whoever, who are trying to build out these brands? Yeah. I mean, maybe it's a media problem as a whole where um, monetization of the media companies actually is really hard to do. Uh, either the audience consuming the content pays you or the brand or a brand pays for kind of that audience that they want. So, those are the only two models that you could have as a media company. Um, but the problem specifically that I, that I noticed, I had a conversation with an MLS player that uses us. He had a, um, a well-done podcast, and he was like, I use Anchor. Uh, Anchor was acquired by Spotify. Yeah. Um, I monetized with Anchor. It's awesome, but I noticed my video content gets more engagement. I want to get more into video content, but yeah. like if something like Anchor existed for video, I was using it in a heartbeat. And that's when like signal light bulb went off because Anchor was very good at utility. I mean, they had 50 or 60% of the market share of podcasts. They were the first platform to kind of have free RSS feed hosting. Um, and so Spotify, just Spotify ad network just merged with that. And Spotify is the only, um, the only ad network that had advertisements in the voice of the person doing the content, which is what we call creator ad reads. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it didn't exist for video yet. So that's the, the white space, I guess you could say that Cure Story was um, picking up. So it's how do you help individuals, niche media companies of two to people build a business around the content they're creating and producing, but how do you offer it? To where the utilities that they're using are, are, are free. I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard to make money in this world. So we have free video editing, free music licensing, um, and just kind of providing that utility for creators. And then on the back end, we make money with them doing their own advertisements in their videos. So, okay. So and, and I own a podcast network. Um, and yes, one, of the, one of the big changes in the podcast network, which changed over time, was all these different hosting platforms, was the advent of dynamic insertion. Is that what you're talking about for video? Is that, is that what this is? We don't do dynamic insertion because we have the, the wall. So our distribution channels are YouTube, IGTV, TikTok, and Facebook watch. You can't do dynamic insertion. That's the beauty of RSS. You can do kind of dynamic insertion and no one owns like no, there's no walled garden around RSS. Like no one owns that, but, Facebook owns these platforms, these, these platforms own their own platforms and you can't dynamically insert. So um, creators before the video gets posted to social are putting, they're editing their ad read in. Um, so they're uploading videos to Curatory that aren't sponsored, they're their own videos, they either have breaks in them or they don't. Um, and then we match an ad 
to that and ah. they're just doing their own ad reads and they're editing it on Kira story inside of their video. So they put a time where they want the ad to start and we're just merging it. We have editing features so they can make it look super seamless and kind of how videos feel. And then with one click, they post to their channels and we're just debiting the brand like an ad network bi-weekly on that piece of content. Okay. So, so you guys are working kind of as a marketplace and yeah. you're bringing in ad revenue that are, you're, or you're bringing in advertisers who are looking for a match, right? And at the same time, the creators who have their own channels are coming to you. And then the these videos, once they're matched, they live on your platform or they live on the personal content creators platform? They live on the, per, the, the latter. They live on the personal channels of the creator. We're not, we're not a social network aggregator got it um so they're distributing out so when are you guys going to come up with the i could dynamically insert it into my youtube video so it's seamless what is that one coming youtube is the only channel where you can actually edit a piece of content after you've posted it yeah the creator is no longer monetizing from that advertisement and they can kind of remove that um advertisement from their video and youtube but yeah their dynamic insertion will will never exist because for videos specifically because of the social media walled garden. But that hasn't stopped creators by any means with, um, actually, TBD, I don't want to say never because we're having conversations with Facebook execs right now. Cause they could, they could make our lives living hell. If they, they wouldn't turn off the content publishing APIs. That wouldn't be smart of them because they make money on content and the platform. But, um, I mean, they've built, I think Hootsuite has a private API with Facebook yep. that like no one else has, which Hootsuite has been able to build a multi-million dollar company on top of that. So okay. I don't know, maybe TBD. Okay. All right. So tell me a little bit about the process for the creator. They come to you and say, we want to work with you. And what do you tell them? How does it go from there? Yeah. Um, well, both outbound and inbound. So we have a creator sales team that um, finds creators throughout the internet to come onto Cure Story and use our platform for monetization. We also get inbound a ton too um, from agencies, from creators themselves. Um, and then if they're qualified, so they're used to creating video, that's kind of what we consider qualified. Then right now we're letting them into the platform and our monetization monetization services are available for them. So they upload a video, they can either use our editing tools, our music tools or not, if that's already edited on their end. And then within a matter of a couple hours or a couple days, they're getting an ad read, like a script brief from a brand that we've matched. So we're, we're, we're a media buying company. Like we yeah. are an ads manager. We That's the back end of what we have. And our CTO led engineering at Reddit and Yelp super awesome. Um, a brand runs a $200,000 campaign. We're diversifying that money across all the videos that we have. So, um, and then matching it to those creators with those videos. And then they're doing the ad insertion on Care story before it goes to social. So you mentioned dynamic insertion, um, creator ad reads actually perform better. So dynamic insertion, you can skip those meaning YouTube skip in five, skip and file and all the channels. And that has an 80% skip rate. Um, and the platforms don't have to pay out the creators if you skip and five and they do that on purpose. 
to the kind of not having to kind of give over the rev share. But um, when you're watching it on YouTube and it was a cured story ad insertion, it, it just looks like it's a part of the video. Yeah. So um, they're working out maybe two minutes in, they start talking about Celsius energy drink or box water. And then they get back to working out after they do that. So, um, and that has a five to 10, the less people skip, the more people watch, the more they get paid. So that's kind of what we've done. Well, I, it's uh, it's reassuring for people like me who have been front-facing talent forever that there is no substitute for personal endorsement and literal seeing me read it as opposed to hearing about it. Like that's that is one of those things that's been tried and true in advertising that seems to not have changed here, even in yeah. the new platforms where there's dissemination. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying that the host creator doing that makes sense? Like yes. That's- Stay true. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. radio, right? Like, of course, there's always been a premium, right? There's always been a premium attached to the personal endorsement side of it, even if it's just a red ad, because it performs better. It always has. Um, it's nice to know and be re- reassured that even with all these new emerging platforms, that hasn't changed at this point. Oh my gosh, no! My so my cousin is Stacy Spikes, the founder of Movie Pass, and. We were having, our family reunions are interesting, but we were having um, a conversation as I was building this, and he was just super frank. He's like, Tiffany, like, there's only two models in media. <laughs> like, like, just historically um, kind of just study what has been done and, like, what hasn't worked and what has. And I'm just like, I don't know. There's some things that do just stay. It's just innovated on top of, the innovation that is existing. So, yeah, no, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Do you take any role in when a creator comes to you and wants to work with you and you're looking for a match in terms of advertising? Do you give any feedback on their content themselves to try to help them um, get a better match with certain brands? Yeah, that's um, what our customer success managers are therefore on the creator side, getting as detail as needed, um, and even providing kind of some support articles and articles just on how do you do an ad read, like what are the best performing ad reads, just things like that. So our customer success team, um, that's kind of what they're what they're there for because at the end of the day we want to be as hands-on as possible um, with kind of assisting creators that do have the potential and the talent, but um, there is a larger hurdle for video. I mean, there's lighting, there's like so many things with video that you have to get right. So um, yeah, our our customer success team and we're post this this raise, our series A, we're also hiring a community team too. So um, they're kind of going to be local grassroots boots on the ground, kind of that part of the company, just assisting creators with kind of recording and things like that. Outside of the ad reads themselves and obviously the technical aspects of it, are you talking to them about the content itself? Are, are you are you getting involved in, in that part of it? So are you telling them what to record or create? No, but maybe some nudges towards which types of programming and content works best with brands? Are you, are you guys heading in that direction? I might go to our creator sales team and just like qualifying. So right now, if, if they don't have that type of content or if they aren't recording it already, since I mean, we've only 
raised a humble 2.3 in our lifetime. Um, so um, just with our team right now, we don't have the, the bandwidth to kind of get into it that early. Mm-hmm. We are making sure that the creatives that we onboard kind of already understand that. Um, and they are used to the rodeo a little bit and they're creating video that kind of has these breaks and natural insertions um, where they can put ad reads in with our tools. But yeah, the growth is pure story. We want anyone and everyone to be right. able to use us and then maybe activating monetization services once they do, like once we do help them and they understand a little bit more um, and they are kind of creating the type of content that 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 makes the most sense that can have natural insertion. So, yeah. Initially, the backstory for you was you saw NIL and you saw this opportunity here. So are, are you looking at NCAA athletes? How are you kind of viewing NIL for this? Yes. So when we first launched February 2021, um, we had a deal with the NBA Players Association. So we have like a few of those guys that are in the league that are big into content creation, like Isaiah Thomas, Kelly Olenek. Um, and then the Retired Players Association, WNBA, kind of all the sports agencies, the big ones that you could think of. Um, and then July 1st hit, and every single platform in the industry just saw a hesitation with student-athletes. Like, it's so funny because in the media, everyone's reporting on it. Oh, this huge deal happened, but that wasn't the case for the greater part of this kind of the student athlete population. So, I mean, I just started having conversations. We had a couple of student athletes like sign up, but it wasn't nowhere near just the sizing that, that it could be. So I was, I, I mean, I just started having conversations with athletic directors. I was like, we actually need to go to the school and kind of just like activate them and just have like a local grassroots educational session on creating content because a lot of them think NIL is a bust. Um, I mean, the media is reporting on just like the top 1% of these crazy deals, but that's obviously not the case for majority of them. So we're, we're going, we are literally on NCAA roadshow right now. We just came back from Louisville and Kentucky. Um, and then we have LSU Auburn up next. Uh, we're taking a break for May, but we're going to 30, 35 schools from now until um, August, early September. So, um, and that was because I just knew that student athletes needed some assistance and for someone to actually go in and and kind of educate them. And not like a marketing person, but like someone that's actually, I don't know, somewhat closer in their age, like understands TikTok. Like, how do you do the thing if you want to do the thing? Like, if you want to make money, this is how you create YouTube videos. This is how you do it well to be able to make to be able to make money from it and build a business around it. All right, last thing, um, and let's let me focus on professional athletes with you for a moment. Um, obviously, yeah. teams have traditionally been you know, at least concerned about personal brands that are being put out there by the players on their teams. So how do you kind of think through working with athletes if it's not directly through the team or the league itself as they kind of move forward with their own personal brands? Yeah, it's all agencies or the Mm -hmm. Players Association. I noticed that they actually don't like each other that much, which I think is very interesting. Um, Like the Players Association and the agencies. Um, 
But yeah, it's working with those two individuals and parties and just kind of being in the creator stack, the business stack of that agency as a, as a, as a tool that they use with their clients. Um, so like athletes first, like I mentioned, the retired players association, those are the ones that we have and have had deals with that they use our tools for their, for their clients. Um, so yeah, it's going, it's going to them. It's not going to the team. Yeah. Tiffany Kelly, CEO of Cure Story. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. On the next Future Sport Podcast, everyone wants to tell Michael Jordan's story. I wanted to do something that, that really was kind of a piece of art, but very intimate. Um, and so he agreed to sign, you know, to write. There, there are four of them, each, each thematically. Uh, each, each has a separate theme, and Michael wrote what he thought about the image or the art that we created. That's Mark Vansel, founder and CEO of Rare Air Media, who will share a unique NFT experience in partnership with the GOAT, Michael Jordan. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.